This is the, the Youth, the down, youth, south youth podcast. down South Podcast. The Youth Down South Podcast, a show for youth leaders and young adults. Hey, listeners. I am so excited to tell you about our upcoming Territorial Youth Institute for 2022. It's going to be held at Camp Walter Johnson from July 25th through August 1st. This year, the theme is Rise Up! Unashamed, unafraid, unstoppable. The registration goes live at the end of April. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled on our social media. Hope to see you there. Well, hello, listeners. This is Jesse Fagerstrom. And this is Caleb Loudon. And you, my friend, are listening to the Youth Down South podcast. How are you doing today, Caleb? I'm doing very well, Jesse. And I am. I mean, every episode I say I'm excited, and I genuinely am excited for each episode, mm-hmm. but this episode is really special because you and I both independently, independent of one another, came across our our guests for this episode. Yes. And not because we were uh, just looking for some kind of psychology podcast or something that had to do with youth and youth work, but because we're parents. Yep. And we were looking for podcasts that really spoke in very concrete ways to what it's like to be a parent of children and specifically of boys and of girls. And we came across this guru, yeah, this, um, you know, just Jedi master <laughs> of uh, parenting, parenting <laughs> and all things uh, like neurosciency and yeah. just, I'm just... And so we listened to that podcast, and then when it came time for planning for a quip, we instantly thought, this is stuff that just seems so helpful. And so, you know, yeah. Caleb, I need all the help I can get. (laughs) I need all the tools in my toolbox. I need just a little tiny Michael Gurian that I can just like slip into my pocket and kind of whip out at any moment so that I know how to deal with some of these crazy emotions that are descending (laughs) in my house that like my Uh four-year-old and my one-year-old are bringing it every day. Yeah. And I need a Michael Gurian, man. Oh, they can bring it. And, you know, for people who are leading sunbeams out there or are leading junior soldiers or have nephews or nieces and are just like oh my word what's wrong with them they are in tantrum town they are down in tantrum town (laughs) yeah and how do we escape tantrum town how do we how do we (laughs) what do we do do handle this because the emotion is so strong Mm -hmm. you know the force really our and our jedi master (laughs) to maintain the um, narr- the <laughs> metaphor there is a master of the force, sure and is. you know we're really excited to have him at Equip. You know, I was mentioning at a meeting. I remember, you know, I've got this guy in mind who is just an expert in leading boys and leading girls, and on a, from like a neuroscience perspective, and with lots of years and in, in actually doing this, and and you're like, well, hey, if he doesn't work out, I've got somebody too. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to be honest, I was a little embarrassed because I totally fangirled a little bit during this episode. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the the wisdom, Caleb, yeah. that emerges from this man's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I think our listeners are going to really dig this episode. I think so. And, you know, he comes from a, a very much a like clinical, like science-oriented oh, yeah. perspective, 
but he does a podcast with a pastor. The mm-hmm. pa- other podcast is that we're talking about here is The Wonder of Parenting. Yep, with Tim Wright. With Tim Wright. And, um, you know, it's a great podcast. And he also has written books with people who are much more, their background is much more ministry. And so, you know, while he comes from that perspective, there's so much that is um, applicable in a ministry and so many connections that are made, even to what the Bible has to say about children. He takes science and he makes it so practical, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes you listen to these scientists talk about the brain and somehow like you you lose the script. But yeah. he really has a way of bringing it back to the practicalities of how we lead young people through brain science. Yeah, I don't I do not science. No, I don't science. You do not science I the don't, verb of sciencing. No, I I'm I've <laughs> never been great at sciencing and uh, so I need sciencers, you know. Yeah. I need these science and to make people. it practical, what man. What are they called? Sci- science, science Sci- people. Yeah, I don't know. Sci- yeah. No. To help me out, and yeah, and to and to make it very tangible. And right. I think that this guy is really good at that. So I am just elated. That's a good That's word, a good I think, word. for what's about to be played. Yep. And. Um, with that, you know, that little bit of introduction. First of all, thank you for doing this podcast. Oh, because it you interviewed one of you know our our uh, and Caleb. Faves, can I tell so. you, he's coming to a quiz. <laughs> That's right, he is coming to. I'm a gonna clip. like storm the stage and you not know. <laughs> since the Beatles came to America <laughs> have we witnessed such a reaction to oh. someone's traveling to a place oh. and it's just going to be i mean yeah there will be fangirls everywhere oh. and fanboys me i will be <laughs> me. screaming and have like a t-shirt on that's got michael's face there oh and he's gonna have a book signing too and so he's gonna have a if, book signing books wants, will be for sale yes yeah, so if anybody wants to get his book and actually have it signed <laughs> i certainly am gonna do that so oh uh, and it will i mean that book will be a family heirloom one that will be worth <laughs> potentially less than what you bought it for but maybe not so it's gonna grow in value in your heart i think so and yeah. this podcast will as well so without further ado let's do it there we go. Yeah, so how are you doing today? You doing okay? Yeah, doing good. We had to yeah. hang out with me for this. And um, again, because I love listening to your podcast. Yeah, you know, they're um, great questions, but I'll, I'll, I'm on for as long as Oh, I'm so grateful. That's so good. Well, I am so excited to be here with Michael Gurian today. Michael, how you doing? Doing great, Jessica. How are you? Oh, great. I'm just so thrilled to be able to chat with you today. And um, yeah, you are an inspiration to me in my parenting journey. And so to be able to talk to you about some of these things is just really exciting. I've been really looking forward to it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm um, I'm a you know marriage and family counselor, uh, also the executive director of the Gurian Institute. Uh, so, uh, and I, I've written a number of books, so author, um, it all kind of comes under the hat of child development. And um, so I speak and train and consult and and write and, you know, all working in the areas of child development education in a, from a brain-based perspective. So a lot of neuroscience mixed with people's practical lives. 
Yeah, I love how um, whenever I hear you speak, it's all very practical advice. I love how you can take that kind of ethereal brain science, right, that makes no sense to me if I were to read it from a textbook, and you can just really bring that to life for me. So I, I really enjoy that aspect of what you do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. month on our podcast, we're looking at leadership development and the development of youth as uh, to become leaders, growing them in leadership. And so um, today we're going to be talking about brain science and how we can leverage the understanding of brain science um, to shed light on leadership development and how we can develop leaders in our churches um, and wherever we might interact with youth. So I guess the first thing is, so tell me about this, this brain science thing when it comes to the differences between girls and boys. What does science tell us about how their brains are different? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the it's pretty global in the brain. I mean, we, we, we look at each other and we know we're all human. And of course, we don't want to take differences too far. We're all human. But um, I'll give a few of the profound differences. And we now have brain scans that show um, kids in utero, right? So fetuses, and we can already see male-female difference in eight-month-old fetuses. So people had thought for a number of decades, they thought all of this is socialized. You know, they thought, you know, this kind of thing, but, but actually it's wired in. So that's why it's really good for us to understand it. And there's a broad spectrum of it. Um, but like word differences. So, so males and females are different in the word category because males only do words on the left in general. Females do words on both sides. And that means females are connecting. So women and girls are connecting words to feelings and words to senses and words to memories on both sides of their brain. Men, uh, boys are doing it on one side. And so they, of course, are going to have a different feeling life and different expression of feeling um, than, than girls and women are. Right. And and then girls are using more girls and women use more white matter activity, which which spreads all through the brain so that girls and women are you know connecting 20 dots at the same time and multitasking five things at the same time. And boys are more focused. We use more gray matter activity. So that happens in splotches. So we're doing the same thing that she's doing all over her brain. We may be doing in one part of our brain or maybe two parts of our brain. So our brains are set up differently and, and everything. Um, I wrote a book called Leadership and the Sexes a number of years ago to apply this to leadership, to help men and women understand how to maximize themselves as leaders, you know, and understanding that they're not going to be exactly the same, but they can maximize themselves by working with nature. Wow, that's so curious and so interesting to think about. Um, and yeah, and how that even bleeds over into emotions and how we're processing those things. And then, and then, so I guess my next question would be, okay, so these are the differences we're seeing in the brain. How does that affect then behavior? So you have these differences and then how does that then manifest itself in how boys react to things as opposed to how girls react to things? Yeah. Well, a great way to look at that is uh, we'll look at preschools, you know, and everyone, everyone, has has seen a preschool environment or they can imagine this and and uh you know the kids in preschools uh who who for instance gets in trouble the most okay well it's almost always the boys right five times as many suspensions and expulsions and just generally getting in trouble and what do we have there we have an environment where the teachers are so the leaders there are all female 
99.9% female, right? Wonderful people, wonderful people. Nothing wrong with being females. Awesome that they're women and female, but they haven't been trained in how the male brain operates, right? Especially a three, four-year-old male brain. So they set up an environment and uh, as leaders, they're setting up an environment in which a lot of these guys are going to fail because they are, for instance, more rough and tumble, right? More aggression oriented. They have higher testosterone. Males have 10 to 20 times as much testosterone as females. So these boys have this aggression chemical, right? Running through them. It's actually a very good chemical, but in that environment, unless the environment understands them and the leaders understand them, they are going to fail in that environment. So they get in trouble. Um, uh, they're put in timeout, you know, et cetera, when often what they're doing is, is building resilience in other kids. They're using aggression and rough and tumble and building resilience in themselves and others, and they're not really causing trouble, but we don't understand them. And, and that's a brain difference. And that's a biochemical difference. And, um, and, and then it leads to more of their failure. So that's an example of how it is really crucial for leaders to understand who these kids are, what's the nature of these kids. And that's just one manifestation of it. Even just as a mother, I'm really interested in this. So creating spaces, let's go with the boys thing. And I have two boys. So, you know, how do we create, even in our homes, an atmosphere where boys can very safely express that aggression. Uh, you know, what are some like really practical things that you can think of that maybe we could do in our homes to allow that to be okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so here are a number of them. Bi-strategic parenting is really important where you have, or multi-strategic parenting, where where the different parents parent in different ways and we expect, accept that and we love that. Because it's it's about leadership. It's about bi-strategic leadership, which means have more than one style of leadership in the family. And, and that in itself helps a lot because then you have one parent who is parenting in way A and one parent parenting in way B. And the parent parenting in way A is going to, or, or way B, is going to say, oh, okay, you know, look at these differences. Look at these boys. Here's what we need to do. And so sometimes the structure helps in itself. And then what will often happen practically is that there'll be more space. When you're raising more boys, you need more space. Uh, they tend to be more spatial, use up more space. Uh, and so a space will get set up that's relatively large, like it could be outdoors or you know family room in the house or a uh, boy's bedroom, whatever it is, where they get to do what they're going to do. you know, And they're not going to get punished or critiqued for their rough and tumble and stuff in that space. And that's their space. Um, but this space over here, let's say it's the den or the kitchen, whatever it is. Okay, in this space, no, you can't do that stuff. You know, in this space, that, that stuff creates danger. So that's really good. They get their own space and they can be who they are, but they also understand boundaries, structure, you know, so they're already maturing because they're not doing it in this space. And then things like throwing, like uh, uh, quite often as kids grow up, moms find that they need to use different strategies to get at the emotional lives of their boys. So so um, just like I do in my therapy practice, you know, I throw an object back and forth like a ball when I want guys to talk. Um, I talk, then I throw the object to them. They talk. It keeps their brain stimulated. It helps them. It gets the spatial to help the verbal, you know, which boys tend to need more of than girls. Girls can get to the verbal more quickly. Um, moving around, walking and talking as opposed to sitting. One of the biggest errors we make as parents is saying to boys, come sit at the table and talk to me. 
<laughs> well, that's going to that's going to create a couple issues. One, their testosterone goes up because we force them to look us in the eye and then they can't access the words because they have to access the territoriality and the aggression and and so biochemically it's not a good idea and then also they their cerebellum needs to be active when they're talking. They need to move around and walk and talk and then they can access more words and more feelings. Um so all of these grow from studying male female brain difference, studying boys and girls. And then us as leaders, you know, okay, if we understand these people, we can lead better. We parents can lead better. Yeah. And so you've done a really wonderful job giving us a snapshot of sort of home life and how, you know, many of us who are listening who are parents, how we can create really great spaces specifically for boys. touch upon the classroom setting i'm thinking of things like flexible seating i'm thinking of think you know some of those sorts of things that allow boys to move and then you know can you touch upon for anybody listening who maybe works at a boys and girls club or uh you know is in a classroom setting what they can do yeah absolutely so in a classroom setting um uh think think movement like you just did and think spatial and think visual. So I'll just give these three. Um, yeah, movement is key because we get, we want to get the cerebellum, which is at the base of the brain, which is the doing center in the brain. For males, if that's active, that sends electricity up and that activates a lot of other parts of the brain. So movement, that's why it's so crucial for males, like flexible seating, like where they can you know rock back and forth, rock side to side, do these things. That helps them to be able to move and gets the cerebellum active. That more emotive centers, more word centers uh, happen from that. And then even while they're doing tests, they should be able to move around in a small space so they don't bug others. But, you know, for those who need it. And we want to remember, there are some boys who can sit still for ages. You know, it's not as if there's one boy. There are all kinds of boys, all kinds of girls. But if anyone has wondered why girls sit still longer and they just sit there for like a half hour and they do things and the boys need to move around, it's the cerebellum. And that's, and that's why we have to say, well, there's nothing wrong with those boys. It's the cerebellum. Okay, so the second is spatial. That's objects moving through space. So um, the right side of the male brain doesn't tend to have word centers. What it has are spatial and visual graphic centers. So spatial is objects moving through space. So squeezing a squeeze ball, throwing something up and down, juggling, um, throwing something back and forth, um, you know, done in a, in a good way, not a destructive way. That really helps that brain to activate. And um, so while they're doing tests, they can squeeze squeeze balls, you know, do these sorts of things to keep the spatials going and use the spatial as an asset rather than saying, well, we want words from you. So the girls are going to do words on both sides of the brain. We're going to get lots from them. The boys are only going to do words on the left. Uh, the boys are going to fail that, um, right, in comparison to the girls, especially for reading and writing type things. So, so spatial. And the third is visual graphic. When we want guys to get at something, since we now know that the right side of their brains doesn't have the word centers, but it's got these spatial and these visual graphic, let's have them draw more. Let's have them do more that's kinesthetic. Let's have them touch more things and move more things around with their hands and uh, draw more graphs and use more graphs and PowerPoints and draw more, um, uh, you know, drawings as in painting, story drawings, storyboards. Um, we have just 30 years of data showing that as teachers do that more, uh, more males succeed. And interestingly, they succeed at producing more words um, because now they're using both sides of their brain and they can produce more words, which is what people want. People always want more words, right? So these are ways um, to use the male brain 
uh, to activate those words. So those are some of the big innovations that teachers use. Wow. And I would imagine, too, you know, if you're trying to read to the child as well, giving them something to do with their hands, like you mentioned, the squeeze ball or whatever, even in some of those interactions where you're reading to a child, allowing them to manipulate something while you're reading. Does that help to, to yep. the brain? Active? Yeah. And some kids, we want to remember, you know, there can be some girls who are more active than some boys and all these things. So not every boy is going to need that. Um, but when we look at aggregates, we're going to find that, yes, when say mom or dad is reading to this boy, he's two years old. Um, you know, uh, yeah, the more that we allow him to kind of squirm and move around, that's good. We shouldn't worry about that. Uh, or he can roll around on the floor. And, and, and we have all sorts of great data showing that uh, males actually hear much more of the story when they're rolling around the floor, these, these males who fit this, than when we squeeze them to us and try to get them to stop squirming. Because when we try to get them to stop squirming, we're now creating anxiety in them, right? So they're not hearing the story. They're, they're in, a, in a power struggle because their body needs to move. Um, but when they roll around the floor, we, and then we ask them questions, you know, five minutes after the story, they heard the story. They can answer those questions. So accept the movement and then also accept the squeezing and those things that, that just help them to concentrate. You know, like guys tap their pencils, you know, and sometimes that bugs us. And we go, why are they tapping their pencil? But what it's doing is it's, it's using their cerebellum, their spatials. It's helping them to concentrate. So, um, yes, absolutely use those innovations as needed. Wow, that's great. So let's think more about this, you know, leadership development thing and training up the next generation of leaders. So, you know, there are leaders out there who are doing the best that they can with the kiddos they have, and they don't have necessarily formalized training in any of this brain science stuff. So do you have anything that you would say to them of, you know, even just top tips and tricks, you know, other than some of the wonderful things that you've shared with us so far in terms of raising up leaders for the next generation? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a deep thing. I mean, uh, and part of why you're having your conference, we're going to talk about it. Um, and then on, if people go to GurianInstitute.com, of course, we have courses and tools to deepen this because it's 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 a million years of human history in the human brain. Right. And and the human brain is by strategic. Right. It's male and it's female. So um, but let me give a, a few to concentrate on um, in, in the short term. One is understand these folks as boys and girls and lead them as boys and girls or as women and men. So for the leaders, the leaders, we're adults, we can't understand, or we're teens even, right? If they're peer, peer leaders, we can understand male and female. And so when we see patterns, we can understand there's a brain base to that. And then as we deepen our understanding of that, we will, we can, we will intuitively apply strategies that work for boys and girls. And I think that's a very important point to make to leaders that there isn't a script that, you know, you have to learn. There aren't three three tips that you have to learn and then you've got it, right? I mean, we're giving those, they're helpful. Um, but what's really helpful is for your own intuition to be stimulated as a leader. And, and one of the best ways to stimulate it is to understand male and female, understand boy and girl, even understand the exceptions so that you can target the leadership. So for instance, um, you know, let's say we're we're leading 20 kids. Um, uh, we look at the patterns, see which kids fit. Let's say it's 10 boys and 10 girls, 
um, you probably will have three or four boys who are going to really fit what we just talked to talked about here. And you're going to have one or two girls who are actually very active, need to move around, you know, maybe one um, target the leadership to them. So rather than me as a leader, I need to erase difference and create uniformity, target and tailor to the differences. And, and it's not as hard as we think. And as we understand the patterns, we will intuitively know what to do. So we'll know, oh, I'm going to give you a squeeze ball to accomplish this. You can draw more. You don't need that. Sit at the table. I'll talk to you. Um, that's really the biggest key for using male-female difference. The second big tip I'll give is resilience. When we're targeting, as leaders, one of the, the most important things we can do with children is build resilience. And, and I like to look at resilience through the male and the female lens. So the intuition that the leader develops to understand, you know, these, these kids, these young adults, and to work with them, that, that same intuition can be used for resilience. And these can overlap because what we'll see is, okay, there's a kid who, um, you know, any little thing, this child takes it personally. Okay, so I need to target resilience with this child in a big way. I need to develop more stoicism for this child. I have to help this child understand that emoting every second isn't going to help, right? That's just going to create more people making fun of you and all that. So here's how I'm going to tailor you to build resilience. This other this other child I can see is already really resilient, you know, takes everything in stride. Um, uh, okay, so with you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you to help the others build resilience in themselves because you've already got that. And, um, uh, and so target resilience, target male-female difference and target resilience. Um, if you are targeting those two things as a leader, you're actually covering a lot. It, it really, intuitively, one will be covering a lot. And then the third thing I'll say is, um, the, you know, the best leaders are leaders who understand how to tailor to the people they're dealing with. And then in tailoring, they, they give choice to, they give decision-making to the people they're leading, not in a way that lacks structure or authority. They still have authority and, and they still provide structure, but they want it. They want to hear what's going on. They're like, you know, okay, what do you think? I'm going to still make the decision as the leader, but what do you think? And to the extent that that is possible, um, if you've covered male-female difference and you're covering resilience, then the kids and the young adults are going to make choices and help you as the leader by making choices that fit the system, you know, that are going to be best for the system. Um, I find that if, if we aren't covering their basic needs, many of which we can see through a male-female lens, and we're not covering their resilience... Um, then it's harder to give them a lot of choice and decision-making because we're not covering the foundation and they're still taking things personally. They're, you know, they're, they're in power struggles. We haven't created an environment that allows them as, as children and as boys and girls to flourish, right? But if we do do those things, then their choice-making and their decision-making is at a more advanced, more mature level. And that really helps us in the system. Now there's more, less power struggle, you know, between adult and child or between um, uh, older teen and younger teen. There's just less of that. Uh, so I think those are three deep areas to look at. 
Absolutely. And I am very excited that you are coming to our equip conference at the end of April. And, you know, you're only going to expand on these some of these great notions that you've touched upon. Um, if anybody wants to obviously see you and hear more, um, I'd encourage them to come to our Equip conference. But if for whatever reason someone is not able to, how can they learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, the best website is gurianinstitute.com, G-U-R-I-A-N, my last name, gurianinstitute.com. And it has, um, it's kind of the mothership. And so it has, it has everything. It has, uh, you know, where I'm lecturing, where our trainers are lecturing uh, and training the online courses, books, other resources, you know, workbooks. I mean, it just, it's sort of, um, it, ha it has everything. So I think greeninstitute.com is the mothership. And I also do, of course, hope to see folks at your wonderful conference coming up pretty soon. <laughs> I can't believe it. I know we are just so excited. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hello there listeners, I am excited to talk to you about Equip Conference 2022. Our conference is happening April 25th through the 27th this year and will be focused on our raised strategic plan. We'll also be looking at the Orange Conference which is occurring at the end of that same week. So come for both conferences here in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information and to register, please go to our website youthdownsouth.org. We hope to see you at Equip this year. That's it for this episode of the Youth Down South podcast. For more info about the show, check out youthdownsouth.org.